Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Words to live by. Hello, yes, everybody. Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. It's a Saturday. We are streaming to you from the uh, White Stallion Ranch, just north of Tucson. The beautiful White Stallion Ranch. And as I mentioned earlier, yes. uh, looking out the window, our sky is full of Maynard Dixon clouds. Well, oh, what more can you ask for? Well, how about having an artist on, on uh, the show with us? Oh, well, I, I'm all for that. Okay, then we'll do that. Uh, we, Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles with us. and uh, in uh, Gentlemen, hello. Howdy, howdy and howdy. And in Albuquerque and uh, uh, Santa Fe, Leroy Garcia of the uh, Blue Rain Art Gallery. Leroy, welcome to the program. Thank you, and as my grandpa would say, hola, Quintana. There you go. <laughs> He's one hey. of his best friends. Northern New Mexico, here we go. There you hey, go. that's the home of the low rider, man. Andale, <laughs> uh, you know, is uh, that's where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> those, little, those little towns up there, they have some of the neatest cars. Oh, my God. Yep, no oh. one ever, never did that with horses, though. Well, you never chopped the horse. Well, we did. We called oh, them shell and ponies. <laughs> oh, my dad! My dad bought me a slim pony when I was about eight years old, and that thing bucked me off and bit me. <laughs> I was going to say he was trying to kill you because those are yeah, they're they are the miserablest animals ever ever created. <laughs> oh my God, they're 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 cute until you go try to ride them, then they bite you and buck you off. <laughs> All right, Blue Rain Gallery, uh, a beautiful website and a beautiful. I mean, just really, really good website, really good, cool podcast these folks have. Yeah, tell have. us about them. Yeah, and uh, uh, they have bunches of artists available at their gallery, um, acquisitions coming on, events happening all the time. You mu- you're quite the busy fella there, Leroy. Oh, well, you know, I surround myself with wonderful people because <laughs> ah. I can't do it all myself. Mm. That's for sure. That's what I keep telling Harry. He can't do it all himself. Yeah, well. <laughs> but he's a wonderful person. Yeah, can't help the control freaks out there. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Tell us about the podcast, because it, it is it is a, a really good yeah. one. And the artists that you get on there, the, they answer the questions, and they, they really, really... Uh, take you into what they're doing and how they do it. Well, this guy's an artist, so he knows the questions well, to yeah, ask. Of course. Well, well yeah, I'm, I'm kind of an. I am unusual that way because I've been involved in all aspects of the art business for sure from the ground up and stuff. But you know, when when COVID hit, um, our governor shut our state down for two years, and um, our our gallery is really big. We have like a ten thousand square foot showroom. Wow. Um, we we never I, we never close. We're like we're 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 not going to give in to this virus. We're we're going to keep on doing what we're doing. Except that was hard because there's no tourists. Mm. <laughs> so we we had to figure out hey. How do we get our messaging out here? You know, even even the magazines they were they were left bare because their distribution was through the galleries, not through subscriptions. Mm. And so we we had to figure other platforms how to reach people and stuff. And I have been watching uh, podcasts. You know, uh, Mark Sublette over in your neck of the woods has been doing that for quite some time. But um, mostly with Blue Rain, it's about education, letting people understand and relate to the artists that we have in their own mouth and their own stories. And and um, it's been very popular and very successful. We have like almost sixty uh, podcasts since. Wow. Hmm. Well, you know, I I had the great pleasure of watching uh, your uh, interview, or I guess it should be Mark Sublette's interview with you, because uh, I, I learned a ton of stuff about the both of you, and I learned some great stuff about your history, family history, which I'll go into later, but. Uh, uh, you, you do a marvelous uh, interview. I will say that. I hope we live up to it. <laughs> well, thank you, <laughs> Todd Roberts. Well, I'm looking up to you guys. So, <laughs> uh, uh, Todd Roberts, jump in there, man. You're you're the man who found yeah, you, Leroy. You, you caused this. So, uh, 
Yeah, I know I'm at fault for all of it, but that's because of Nola and her wanting to drink too many margaritas while walking around Santa Fe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and she just never. Oh, margaritas in Santa Fe uh, are dangerous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How true, Leroy? How true? Um, well, you're so, you're in a higher elevation than you are in Tucson, so. Yeah, yeah. or even Los yes. Angeles. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Not to mention a stronger poor. Um, yeah. So, you know, Leroy, I have to ask you this question. Um, it's not, I, I'm not asking you this question as if I'm asking it. I'm asking the question I'm sure you heard so many times. You grew up on a ranch working, for your, working with your family, working for your grandfather's ranch, milking cows and doing all the other chores that anyone else who grew up on a farm or a ranch had to do. And one day you say to yourself, I'm going to be an artist. And I'm sure somebody said to you, where, where, where do you get off being an artist? And then from there you become a successful artist. You then say, you know, I'm going to go off. I'm, I'm going to, I decide today that I'm going to go off and become an art gallery. I'm going to open up an art gallery. So what was your mindset or what was the response in your head when you said, well, when you heard where do you get to be an artist and where do you get to be a gallery owner so everything is in a progressive state um, back then um, I was going to school and I was a political science major I wanted to go into law and I, I met a young lady uh, from Santa Clara Pueblo who introduced me to art uh, we got married, and um, before I knew it, I lost all interest in school, despite the fact that I was a straight-A student. <laughs> that happens, man, yeah. And, yeah, well, and, and I found every art book I could find, and read, and read, and read, and read, and read, and read. And, um, and, and going through the process, trying to, like, understand who she was as an artist, and then, like, how, how do we take this to another level? Um, the... Uh -oh. went like hey I can do this and I can do this better so we opened our art gallery in 1983 so it's been over 30 years now wow um, so it's been a it's so been a progression um, gallery, working for her yeah I was I was just gonna say that we're starting that art gallery it was upstairs in a bedroom of your grandfather's house. Yes. Was it more difficult to convince him to allow you to have the art gallery in that bedroom, or was it more difficult to get to get people to come up there and look at art? Um, it, uh, both. It was my father's house, and my father was always gracious, and he he let uh -oh. the the kids had moved out of the house, so that upstairs bedroom was a thousand square feet. So it's a good sized wow. space, and uh, I, I took my last student loan in my junior year of college and, and uh, built a staircase and <laughs> made it accommodating to people off the road. And that uh, it was a very important place because it was um, right on the corner of the North Pueblo entrance to Taos, Taos Pueblo. And um, yeah, so that's, that's basically how it started. But yeah, my dad uh, graciously uh, let me have the space for a little while. Well, uh, why don't you tell us how folks could find Blue Rain Gallery, where it's located, and and uh, the location, which is a beautiful location. But tell us a little bit about that. So, like I say, we 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 started in Taos in 1993, and then uh, by about 2003 or so. Um, uh, Tammy Garcia and Tony Abedo uh, asked for a meeting with me and they're like Taos is too small for us we want a bigger space so we moved to uh, a second location in Santa Fe and that lasted uh, with the two locations they were two 10,000 square foot locations for about five years so wow. I like it's too much <laughs> wow. and so I just uh, ended up moving the Taos gallery to Santa Fe and we just had one place for a while well you hmm. kind of got there at the studio I understand you uh, guys have kind of made a turn of doing something a little different and you uh, have a focus on glass and glass blowing you've been doing some i understand and you also you do an annual glass blowing event 
Oh yeah, we we do many things, but I'll, I'll give you the the scenario when we first started. We were purely a contemporary Native uh, American gallery, uh, mostly pottery and some painters. It was a different type of gallery. There had never been a gallery like that where there was fine art mixed with uh, three dimensional arts from the pueblos. So this is just a really different type of structured gallery. Hmm. Um, when Clean feed is uh, not cleaning our feed here. <laughs> what happened? Hmm. Oh, I've lost control. I've lost. There we go. Let's try it again. Everybody, everybody connected? I think I can hear you. Uh, I can't I, hear anybody oh else. God, <laughs> you know... Sometimes wow. I wonder. All right, come on. We're, we're here. I don't know where everybody went, but we're here. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, we'll just go right ahead and... Uh, go to phones? <laughs> we'll go to the phones and take, take your calls. Um, we're going to do a commercial break here and uh, be back with more of Amal Franzi's Voices of the I West hope so. right after these important messages. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West where a large number of Westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're to... I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. But we have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to Best Westerns, Voices of the West at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. What happened to you? Oh, we was having an argument with one of them cow steel nesters when a couple of fellows in the store jumped us from behind. Who were they? I don't know. Never saw them before. More settlers, I suppose. They're coming in like grasshoppers. This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guest, Leroy Garcia from Albuquerque and uh, Santa Fe and uh, just up in northern New Mexico. And, you know, it can't go wrong with a little bit of cowboy stomp there. 
We're with the uh, for sure with the sons there. I'm telling you what, huh? You All right, we in a cowboy hat, and you've got the world see? by the tail. All right, now we lost. The, isn't the internet? We're wonderful? back. Isn't the internet wonderful, <laughs> fellas? I mean, yes, you know, it is. boy, I'll tell you what. Um, and just imagine. Technology is our friend. Hey, hey, when they went to the moon, they didn't. The 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 the, the uh, computing knowledge or processing uh, availability for the, when they went to the moon uh, is contained within your phone now. Well, think about this. <laughs> How long that string had to be between the can up Man. there and the can down in Nassau. Big time, big time, and no cat chasing it. That's even better. <laughs> All right. Uh, Leroy Garcia of the Blue Rain Gallery. It, on your website, you have a listing of a bunches of different artists, featured artists, and and they Ooh, I have a list of those. they go from uh, the painting to uh, looks like pottery and jewelry and so forth. Pick out yeah. a couple of those folks and talk about them. Well, let's let's finish the last uh, part of that. So please do. Uh, so so Blue Rain um, started contemporary native. We we picked up Preston Singletary in 1998, and he was a fledgling artist. Uh, from that time to present, we've been doing demonstrations of glass, and it's uh, created a a, a new um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Well, it's a new genre in the Native American field in glass that Mm -hmm. hadn't existed before. So he's really considered a pioneer and an ambassador of glass, but he's really introduced it. Uh, Along with me, I I incorporated incorporated his glass with a lot of uh, Pueblo potters along the Rio Grande, and uh, that really has caused an uh, an explosion in in the attention to glass, the medium. Mm. Um, So that's to answer your your last question, um, repeat your your last question again. Well, I was just with all of the different artists that you have uh, that you feature at the gallery. I just wanted you to pick one or two and talk about uh, them and their works. So, um, if you came to my house, it would be reflective of the gallery. Uh, the gallery <laughs> at this point is very eclectic. Because <laughs> ah, you're I, you're here. oh man, I you know I, I I collect what I like, what I can afford. There you go. And I don't I don't really care if like oh is this going to be worth like ten times that much in the future? Or ah, not? Yeah. I don't I don't care. Right. And uh, that's what I tell people. You know, buy things that you like that you can afford. And so the gallery is based on that same principle. So it's very eclectic. So you you find glass, you find pieces by Aaron Courier that are collage art, you find uh, Jim Vogel paintings that are reminiscent of the northern New Mexico uh, cultural heritage, and many other and many other things, along with the contemporary Native art movement. Yes. Hmm. Well, what about mentioning Preston Singletary? Because that uh, glass totem of him is of his is just it's awe inspiring. Well, that that glass totem is seven feet tall. Wow! It uh, weighs almost three thousand pounds. It <laughs> takes about fifteen people to move it, um, and maybe twenty thousand dollars in cash just to set it up. I'll bet. It. <laughs> I'll bet it's, it's, it's it's amazing. And I'll bet it's insured for quite the hefty amount. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll tell that to my wallet. Yes, but uh, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> and then when it's, it comes time to back it up, it's got to be a nightmare. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but, oh yeah, if, once you put it down, it's not going anywhere unless you pay that type of money to get to move it. But you know that that piece was cast in the Czech Republic, and so uh, when when Preston moves it, he 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 hires the team from Czech Republic to come in wow. and move it. Wow. That's why the expense is so high. Wow! But if you think about it, it, it took two years to make. That's that's a lot of time for one piece. That's a lot of blowing yeah. glass. That's, man. A, that's a lot of huffing and puffing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> and no well, that's cast glass. Thank God it. he's not blowing it. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> huh? <laughs> wow. Don't be a don't pull a Clinton on this one, man. Yeah. yeah right. Right. <laughs> oh, <it's long. laughs> I didn't inhale, but I did smoke it. <laughs> so, Leroy, I have to ask you, um, as you might remember from our di- previous discussions a while back, you know, my parents collected, uh, you know, Native American art for 40 years and other arts prior to that. And, you know, my mom and dad, 
whenever they would meet somebody and they'd come over to our house and they'd look at art and they'd go, my God, you know, I, I love art, but I just don't know what to buy. And my mom would always say to them, don't buy, as you just said, don't buy something based on what it's going to be worth or how much you paid for it or anything else. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you paid a dollar or you paid a million dollars. It doesn't matter. Correct. You only buy, their rule was you only buy art that speaks to you. So I'm Correct. sure you've had this conversation with many of your clients, your art buyers, the people who come to your gallery. And how do you how how does that conversation go? And how often does it happen? Well, the the, the conversation happens every day and the conversation is the same but there is there is that you know as art appreciates into higher values there is some responsibility especially from the gallery to help retain the investment of that art at least to keep it in the same range um, every now and then there are anomalies where it really appreciates like what we're talking about but um, true collectors like me I, I like I say I, I collect what I like that I can afford uh, I'm I, you you're not going to come into my house and find a lot of Taos Founders art. You, you might find a lot of uh, lowbrow art, actually, which I really enjoy. Yeah. Oh, you know, you were, <laughs> you, you were talking with uh, Mark, and I, I like your description of the difference between buyers and collectors, and that how buyers, an awful lot of them, over time, become collectors because of their their economics improve their tastes improve and maybe you could share a little bit of that with us well when i was in the first spot in taos in my dad's house in my bedroom um i actually had collectors my average ticket item was like 100 to 500 dollars and i had uh collectors coming up there buying tiny pots or whatever for 300 dollars and then uh, they disappeared for 25 years 25 years later they come back and uh one collector came back i hadn't seen him for 25 years and i had this tony day turtle and it was worth 150 thousand dollars and I hadn't seen him for 25. The last thing I sold him was 300 bucks. And he, he came in. He's like, Leroy, can I see that turtle? I'm like, sure. It's 150000 He's like, I don't care. I want to see it. <laughs> so I, I pulled the turtle out. And he's like, he wrote me a check, $150,000. So you, you can't. Wow. Yeah, so people cool. just... Yeah, and that's that happens more than people think. But it, it's everything's a journey. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, and we all get to where we need to get in the end. And uh, sometimes it's a matter of patience. But most of these guys are like your parents. You know, they they buy what they like, what they can afford, because it inspires them. It's evolution. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, as long as we're talking about artists, you 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 did a show here recently about a guy that I just I, I'm in love with him uh, not that way uh, <laughs> Herbert, I'm glad you defined that <laughs> Herbert Buck Dutton this guy oh, just yeah. blows me away uh, I, I spent Tuesday when I was supposed to be looking you up I spent an hour and a half just looking at his paintings on the internet Oh man, those Taos founders, those first artists that came there, the Taos Six, um, they, you know, they they paved the foundation for art as we know it in the Southwest. And if it wasn't for them, it, I don't know, it would have taken a lot more time for us to get to where we're at. But very inspired, you know, when people come to Northern New Mexico, the first thing they they notice is the light, mm -hmm. and then you you can't help but the heritage. Oh my gosh, you're talking millennia and centuries yeah, yep. of indigenous cultures interacting with uh, Hispanic, Anglo. And when I say Anglo, like in Taos, you had a Russian contingent, a French contingent, an mm. Italian contingent. You know, it, it's, it's interesting that in a far New Mexico town that you would have little populations of people from all over the world. Well, it truly is a land of enchantment and enchanted people. Yes, for sure. There was something so, else. Go ahead, Tom. So, Leroy, you know, it, what's interesting to me is how you have, you, you've broken many boundaries, but I, I'm right now I'm just talking about one of them, which is the boundary that you, you've shattered is this, the boundary that was put up by the, shall I say, uh, the, the, the Southwestern artists, collectors, art collectors who look down upon people 
who overly monetize their art, overly produce it, and so on. And you've taken artists who are budding and beginning and starting to try to find themselves and taken their art and put it on computer bags and 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 tote bags and so on. And I remember when this started in the 70s and the early 80s with R.C. Gorman, and you had a lot mm -hmm. of people in Phoenix and Scottsdale and Santa Fe and Southern California who looked down upon that of this over-commercialization of, uh, you know, you're, you're lessening the value of the image or you're mm -hmm. lessening the value of the artist. And you've basically said, I, I won't say you've, basically told them to go to hell which is what i would have said but basically you, yes you, you you did it with your action by taking that art and elevating it i think you've elevated it by bringing it to more people who then come back to you with an appreciation of that image oh where is it where do i find it how do i buy it how do i have it how do i appreciate it how do well, i view it yeah, well, think about that transition I talked about of Taos when somebody's buying a $200 pot or $300 pot and then 25 years later they're buying a $150,000 pot. Um, and then the the other thing I will say about this is, you know, all these famous artists, they 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 uh, paint their whole lives and they treasure they treasure like no other their copyrights. Mm. But then they don't do anything with them. Mm -hmm. Because they're uneducated in what they can do with their copyrights. And there, there's another thing that's uh, a back end of this, and that sometimes, think about ignorance. Um, there are collectors who buy paintings who think because they own the original that they own the copyright. And that's right. un, that's untrue. Uh, an artist can do whatever they want with their copyright. I mean, no, they're not going to replicate that original the same way, but they can use that imagery on anything. Mm -hmm. And when, when COVID hit and when the governor shut us down for two years, I was like, how do I support these artists, especially the artists that have one foot in as an artist and a, one foot as a part-time worker somewhere else? Mm -hmm. And uh, where are they going to get that extra income? And uh, when, when I thought of those terms, um, I, it made me think about the print shop let's get this image out and let's get them some cash flow based on what they've worked hard for and you know when when you ask a painter let's say you ask a paul pletka or a fritz shoulder like well how long did it take you to take to make this painting they would tell you it took four, 40 50 years Mm -hmm. It's a lifetime of progression to get to these points, and then they don't capitalize on it at all. And yes, they're at one point trying to keep the pristine element of their originals intact, but they are not using their copyrights properly or how they should, whereas every other brand in America capitalizes on that. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I want to go way back in history here for a minute. Uh, I want to go back to Taos around 1500s. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess it's your great, great, great. I don't know how many great grandfathers. Bernardo, uh, <laughs> Pacheco. Pacheco. <laughs> uh, actually, Bernardo de Mera e Pacheco. Uh, yeah. he, from what I was understand, he was like one of the most prolific and important cartographers in the New World. For, and he's also just a fantastic artist, a, a polymath when it comes to what he could do, and. I want to do a show on him because our cartographers fascinate me. And when I when I uh, came across him, uh, I, I forgot all about you. I'll be honest. Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't look anything like my grandpa because he was only five foot. I want to throw something out there to you. Uh, we did a show back in June of 21 on Fray Angelico Chavez. Are you familiar mm -hmm. with him? No. Uh, uh, do yourself a favor and me a favor. Look him up. He was he was the leading historian of the of the Spaniards in New Spain. His family came over with the very first group that went into Santa Fe, and he's written. He's like a very very prolific writer, artist, built, he built chapels. Uh, the man is one of the most important people in, as far as Catholic history in uh, that region. But 
you might find some interesting stuff about your family in some of his work. Oh, probably so. So I'll give you a quick rundown of the family. So obviously I have four, four Spanish lines on my dad's side that came from Spain. Uh, three of them were in northern New Mexico by the early 1500s, like 1515 to 1525 in that range, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, one year I was at the Los Angeles Art Show doing a show, uh, as we normally do, and this um, like mid-aged Hispanic man came to me and was like, hey, tell me about yourself and know your families and stuff. And I told him, he's all, well, do you know when they came and blah, blah, blah. And I go, yeah, and I gave him the dates. Then he said, "Well, those were those were crypto Jews, um, Sephardic, yeah, yeah. They were they were escaping Inquisition and stuff like that, and uh, so that was powerful. But the the fourth line um, that came directly from Spain was my grandpa um, Bernardo, and he he was a commission from the King of Spain to come and do cartography, but as an engineer. But he was a polished and uh, educated uh, artisan." Mm -hmm. So it, it just was a natural fit. So when he came to the Southwest, and this is the um, early 1700s, and he came uh, from Mexico to El Paso and then up to Santa Fe as his commission, he, and he, he made all the first maps of the entire Southwest Corridor, including mapping the Colorado, the Rio Grande, and mm -hmm. doing ethnological studies of all the Pueblo tribes along the Rio Grande as well. Um, and and that's, that's his fame in the world, but his fame in northern New Mexico, he was one of the first uh, Santeros yeah. uh, to be around. So all, the, all these little churches that you see in, in northern New Mexico might have um, screens or bultos or tablos carved from, from him in the 1700s. Um, the most famous screen that he did uh, is in the Cristo del Rey Church on Canyon Road in Santa Fe that he hand carved in 1750. So, yeah, there, there's a strong, um, I have strong lineage to New Mexico, uh, well, along with that, and most people don't realize, but uh, I, because of how long we've been in northern New Mexico, I'm about 20% Native American as well, um, undetermined what tribes, but that's what the DNA points to. <laughs> that's, that is absolutely incredible, Leroy. When, when, you, when you look at the, the history of your family, what comes over you when, when you look at that? I mean, all families have some history, not, some not as good as others. <laughs> but, I mean, when your, your particular history, what do you think about that when you view that? You know, I, I, I really didn't understand uh, my background until I started looking back. Because so much time has passed. You're talking 200 mm -hmm. plus years, sure. you know. Yeah. Things, things get lost. And so unless you look back, and I, I, I really thoroughly wouldn't have understood this until uh, the State History Museum did an exhibit on my grandfather and actually published a book. And it gave me broader perspective. I, I had no idea how important this um, mm. figure, my grandfather, was um, to this to the nation and westward expansion. Actually, even the Mormon pioneers used his maps to cross over. You know, wow. that's that. You know, they they use the maps. Wow. Well, here's yeah. a here's wow. a footnote that, for you. Incredible. When Lincoln wanted maps of the Southwest, they used them. they copied his. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And just incredible. All right, we're yeah. going to take another commercial break here. Our okay. second one of the program, Leroy Garcia nice of the Blue Rain Gallery is our guest. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts, it's Abel Francis, Voices of the West. We'll be right back after these messages. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski 
Street Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want, Russell, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. Little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but blank henchman to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scruffy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent hench to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. rent hench when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Hi, my name is Roberta Shore and I play Betsy on The Virginian and like to invite you all to listen to Voices of the West. Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Our guest is Leroy Garcia of the Blue Rain Gallery, and he's in Albuquerque, New Mexico today. We're just having a whale of a time talking art. And uh, Leroy, I got to tell you, we play this uh, high chaparral theme here. Uh, it's nice. Because uh, <laughs> Mr. DeFrance was in 52 of those episodes. And, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, so... And if he doesn't play him, I walk. So I got to play it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Leroy, I've got to... I, I apologize for putting you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. No, oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I have I have three daughters. I'm always on the spot. <laughs> I know that you're very, <laughs> Leroy, you're a very... You're much braver than I thought you were. <laughs> that's uh, why I have no hair, bro. <laughs> oh, there you go. I get it. I get it. It all went to his chin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all there, but it, it's white. <laughs> so that's, that's because of three daughters. <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful, but yeah, it was it was tough. <laughs> well, we know so, Leo's working for you. Are the other two working for you, or are they in school still? Um, my youngest is uh, serving in the Air Force as military police. Yeah, and oh. I'm, God my bless middle, her. Uh, God bless her. Uh, thank you. Thank her for her service. Yes. Um, and then uh, my middle daughter is a massage therapist in uh, New Jersey at this point. And then Leah has she she has more guts than anybody. She she decided to come work for her dad. So <laughs> <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> yeah. All right, Todd. Todd, get your question out there. So you know, there's there's the Tao Six, and then there's the Santa Fe uh, Artist Society as well. They both had a huge influence yes. on today's American Indian, Native American art, Western art movement. But I'm going to only just venture back a little bit. Let's say thirty, forty years. Mm-hmm. And there's artists that, and the reason I say I'm, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm going to is. Most of these guys are no longer with us, so you can't offend any of them. But, <laughs> Thank God. Uh, <laughs> I would hate to offend at, any of them. Right. But you look at uh, Alan Hauser and uh, Harry Von Secca and T.C. Cannon and Fritz Shoulder and John Nieto and... Um, 
you're you're Ooh. describing a movement in the contemporary Native American art movement that yes. hadn't happened before. Yeah. Right. 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 Especially. So, well, and that's where, like, Preston Singletary in a contemporary way is the same as the Hauser. Uh, that's how important that is. But, you know, in the in the late 60s, you had, um, you know, right before the late 60s, you had the emergence of Popovi Day, Maria Martinez's son. Right. Uh, who was one of the most innovative, influential potters of all time. Um, that well, kind of was, as well. Well, Nampeo was before that. Nampeo and Maria Martinez yeah. are kind of in the same boat. But right. then you had major, major innovations uh, starting to come out by the mid-50s, uh, early 60s that inspired people like Tony Day, uh, Helen Hardin. And then you had a movement outside in the painting structures like uh, Fritz Scholder and R.C. Gorman yeah, and, and Fonseca and Earl Biss and all those guys that said, you know what, we don't need people to tell us how to paint native. We can paint that ourselves. Um, through our own inspiration and that led to a whole new movement and it's one of the most historic movements of the last century actually in Native American art you've got an upcoming show here uh, from uh, uh, what is it June through August Billy Schenk and David Zeminski and I love their work because it's cowboy work and I love that stuff oh yeah but uh, can you tell us a little bit about that show and why oh, people yeah. should come and see and buy well um, let's start with Billy Schenk you know Billy Billy uh, you know He's the he's the king of Western pop art. He's the pioneer of that style, and his influence has uh, been broad and long. Uh, he's been doing this since the uh, '60s. He he, you know, came out of that movement of New York uh, during the Warhol era. In fact, the Briscoe did a, a retrospective of Andy Warhol and Billy Shank because it was kind of the same uh, time periods. Um, but but Billy's never been ashamed of how he paints. Uh, his genius has always been in this construct of his scenes uh, through slides based on Western um, movies and culture. Um, and then Dennis Zeminski, Dennis Zeminski. Um, <clears throat> Did actually, he was a graphic design artist for many years, uh, and then became a painter professionally. And he's really fantastic. But you know that that man's done uh, posters for the Super Bowl. He's done posters for the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> I mean, wow. He is just amazing. The way he captures wow. uh, the Western scenes, and not just Western man, because yes. he can do like scenes from Palm Springs from the '60s. You know, he he just has that breath to him and filled so he he's he's actually even more diverse in a sense than even billy shank but they're both masters of what they do billy is definitely a pioneer uh as far as what he introduced to the western heritage art movement leroy what is your medium or media of art that you pursue um well First of all, like in my personal, like when I collect or how I represent, I look for innovation with refinement. Okay. And I'm, I'm not that type of person because I, I don't have the time to practice, practice, practice every day because I run three or four corporations and <laughs> my time is scattered uh, and it's hard to focus. But when I do, I, I prefer working in clay, uh, which was introduced to me by uh, uh, my ex, uh, Tammy Garcia. But I love working with oil-based clay and I'm, I'm getting ready to do a series of sculptures based on my uh, friend David Valdez's uncle Alberto Valdez who was one of the first Chicano artists in East LA in the 40s, 50s all the way through the 80s. Wow. Cool. You did a bronze tile I thought was beautiful that circumspect Oh yeah, that that was carved. Yeah, that's a, a thunderbird in the middle, and then a punami, as they call it in the pueblo culture. You know, the the repeat feather design in a circle, and it, it it's a beautiful design. I'm actually using it now. I, I actually just released some stuff on uh, BlueRangePrintShop.com with that image. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you could give me a, a cut rate price on that, but uh, I probably can't afford it, so well, don't you, worry you, about it. You can talk to me off air, and we'll work something out. <laughs> he does not have his checkbook with him. <laughs> well, okay, I, I, I'm going to get sneaky here for a second, because I I saw a series of skull paintings and glass sculpture, and... That, that again led me off into another path, and I didn't realize what a genre uh, the skull is. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. 
uh, what what prompted you to, to kind of go off in that direction for a while? I don't know well, I wanted um, because I because working for Tammy, I was basically uh, working on native imagery all the time, which is fine. I, I love the native imagery; it's beautiful. But I wanted to do something based on my my Chicano heritage, and so that led to the skulls. And you know, people freak out on skulls; they're like, "Oh, that's all death," but it's not. You know. <laughs> it's, it's, De los that, de, de, de los de, uh, muerto. De los muertos, yeah. You know, and so I, I have those skulls. Uh, when I do my podcast, you can see them all lit up. Yeah. And uh, some sometimes people freak out. It's, it's funny. They don't know I'm the artist. And I'm sitting there like, sometimes they're like, oh, that's so hideous. And then others are like, man, that's cool stuff. But um, the meaning of the skull is a reminder of our mortality and our time here in life. That's right, yes. And to, to mm. treat people you know, like we want to be, to be a good person. And that's what those are reminders of. So I did three skulls based on my, my personality. One is El Fuego, because sometimes I feel like I'm on fire. <laughs> and then, and then, and then one, one's called El Macho, because sometimes I feel like a Chicano with four of my muscles. <laughs> and then, and then the, the third one is based on my, my name, Leroy, which in French is, uh, Considered El Rey, right? The king. Ah, so, so, so those are my three personalities. And what's funny, I'll, I'll go back to my DNA. So I was researching my DNA, and I, I know my family came from northern Spain, and so I thought we thought I was Spanish. And then all of a sudden, there's all this French blood. <laughs> but it, is that was, Basque uh, or is that just? Is just Basque, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm Basque. Um, well, yeah. But you, you but two French, might be related. You never know. But, yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, French Jews actually escaping more inquisition or trying to find a safe place at that time yeah. and um, you know that's where the, the three parts of my family came from that section of Spain well my family was up in the Languedoc region where about was yours do you know um, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, they're, they're, well, think about Mera Pacheco. Uh, there's a place in Spain called Mieras and that's where he was from uh-huh wow. yeah uh, you know, there. I want another thing here. I noticed uh, when I was watching your video with uh, with Mark, the be two oh, beautiful yeah. paintings behind you by Aaron Courier, and oh, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that she was kind of a favorite of yours, or at least a current favorite. Well, I, I'm a, I'm an avid art collector. I need to go to therapy because I'm an addict. <laughs> <laughs> I love those ranchero ladies behind Oh, my gosh. If you awesome. saw my collection, you'd freak out. But I, I probably have about 30, 30 paintings of hers in my collection. Yeah. Wow. Well, she's, great. Mm -hmm. she's great. Well, you know, it, when I, I, I visited Todd Roberts in Los Angeles uh, last year, and uh, uh, when he picked me up from the train station, we went over to his girlfriend's, Nola's house, and Nola uh, was a painter. Her, her uh, parents were painters. Grandparents were artists as well, and her daughters are painters. And there's just tons of art all over the place. So I can imagine what your place must look like. Oh, I, I have paintings along the wall that are not even hung. <laughs> yeah, just like Nola's place. Yes, I can't. I, I can't help it. And you know, like I say, I don't. I don't collect pristine stuff, or you know, I, I collect what I like and what inspires me. And there and some go. of it is lowbrow. I don't care. I, I think um, art know, is art. Yeah, art. Yeah. Art, like Kinky Friedman said, art is in the eyes of the beer holder. And on that note, we're going to take our final commercial break. Hold the beer. <laughs> yeah, but don't make it a Bud Light. Uh, we'll be back uh, on Animal <laughs> Frenzy's Voice of the West the after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities 
varieties are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. All right, listeners, you like westerns, right? You're to... I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. But we have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, Voices of the West at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. So you thought you could get by with another holdup, huh? Well, maybe a long jail term will teach you boys something. And if it don't, there's always a rope. This is the Voices of the West. Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. Our guest, Leroy Garcia, owner of the Blue Rain Art Gallery in uh, Albuquerque, Taos, Durango, Santa Fe. Santa Fe, God knows where. I've got a rope ready right here. <laughs> it's a, a, a. Hey, we're going to just do a Saturday night buggy for uh, because that's. You know, I want, I want to travel back is. to Billy Shink for a second. I think it was on one of your gallery catalogs. The uh, blue, a uh, purple parasol painting. I fell in love with that guy. That is such a beautiful painting. The 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 hardest part of uh, being an artist, besides practicing, practicing every day, is intellectually coming up with a construct of a scene, and that is the beauty of Billy Shank. Mm, yeah, just, uh, his all of his work is like that. But you know, it those are pieces like to me. Those are the pieces you see them, and then you go. I got to know more. I got to see more of this guy, and that—that that to me is like it's a—it's a doorway painting. Oh, it is. It, it's um, having a Billy Shank is important in Americana uh, history, and it, um, I know the prices can get up there, but they're still very affordable compared to everywhere else. It, he's a fantastic person. He's—he's he's a pioneer, man. You know, uh, jump on it while you can. Yeah, you'd never hang it in a closet. <laughs> I'll guarantee you. <laughs> Jump on it while you can. I love it. 
Well, speaking of jumping, you know, I, um, speaking of jumping, uh, you have a retractable roof on your gallery. That sounds that sounds very bold and brave, uh-huh. especially when some of the range you can get up there in Santa Fe. Oh my gosh, um, that is you know we have a gallery. Obviously, it's it's ten thousand square feet, um, but it was one of the only buildings in the entire Santa Fe area that was built as an art gallery. Hmm. And uh, that was what whoever was whoever put the initial investment. God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now that's and in the railroad uh, district it's or whatever. A, yeah, Explain that, it's, would you? It's in the rail yards. So the rail yards is just um, uh, south of uh, the main plaza by about two blocks, and it's a whole sector that the city owns. It used to be areas for cargo uh, for the trains, uh, train depot, for many years. And about twenty years ago or fifteen years ago, they're like, hey, we need to develop this area. So they don't allow a lot of art galleries. There's about uh, 10 or 12 of us. Uh, but there's a lot of breweries, a lot of other stores. <laughs> there's a ton of, if you want to drink, there's a place to go down and drink. Um, but they also they also have a, a historic farmer's market there yeah. on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Oh, cool. it, it's amazing. It's uh, one of the best in probably the country. Yeah. So there's a lot of great things happening down there. Plus in the summertime, the city uh, puts produces concerts right there at the rail yards yeah. so we get live music and stuff and and all that cool things i i wanted to talk to you about one more thing i wanted yes, to get in please um blue ring blue ring gallery i, I just want to uh, restate this one of my biggest things is we are about innovation and refinement and finding young artists are really hard that have that hmm. and you know, you guys are familiar with Fritz Shoulder, and you're also familiar with Billy Shank, but we found somebody that I think is going to blossom, and that's G.L. Richardson. So if, if your viewers want to check out our website, go to G.L. Richardson, and you'll find a crossover between a Billy Shank and a Fritz Shoulder on, on his subject matter. Right. Uh, some, and he's in his uh, uh, late, late 20s. So if you want a, a tip on somebody to look at, that's what I would tell our viewers. Check out these young artists. Excellent. Places. Yep. Leroy, I've got to ask you a personal question, and I hope it doesn't cost You are all about personal questions. <laughs> he's, he's, he he yeah, goes I'm through your closet when you're not yeah. looking. Oh, I, I, I believe it. You'd have to get through my German Shepherd, though, George. His name's George. <laughs> Thank God your cowboy boots aren't my size foot, so yeah, you would be in trouble. Um, but so when you when you go out to dinner or wherever it might be, are are you ordering red, green, or Christmas? Yes, <laughs> you know, as a as a Chicano growing up in northern New Mexico, it depends what you're putting it on. Uh-huh. <laughs> like there, there's nothing okay. like a tamale with red chili, right? Oh yeah. But uh, enchilada, you can go both ways. Oh yeah, yeah. The, right? the New Mexico question. Red yeah, that or is, green, and and people don't realize there's a difference in chili sauces. Yes, like you, you is. go to you, you go to Utah. It's like a ketchup can on a taco. <laughs> <laughs> you Thank know? you. Thank right. you. Uh, you. You come to northern New Mexico. You're gonna there's there's a there's a saying in Spanish que entre picando sale más picando. <laughs> if it goes in hot, it's gonna come out hotter. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yes, God! Indeed. That's the afterburner. Uh, for sure. Oh yeah, afterburner. <laughs> Leroy Garcia, you are such an entertaining and individual. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much for joining us uh, for uh, our show today. But before you go, yes, what's coming up? We need to know what is your favorite western that you like oh, to watch. Yes. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Obviously. Thank you. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. 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 St- wow. Wow. He, he did not hesitate on that <laughs> well, one. The, no. Well, the second one is Once Upon a Time. All right. Oh, that's that's okay. one of my all okay. time. Good. Bronson and Fonda. Oh yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. No hesitation wow. there. The man knows what he knows. I love it. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. He's no bashful. <laughs> All right, sh- uh, shameless promotion. We've got about a minute and a half left in the show. So uh, shameless promotion. Website, how people can get in touch with you, Leroy. There there are two wonderful ways. You can go to BlueRainGallery.com or you can bring art into your everyday life by going to BlueRainPrintShop.com. And what about the podcast? How do they get your podcast? 
Oh, you can go to our website, BlueRainGallery.com, and hit the podcast uh, menu bar, or go to any platform uh, that there is, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Uh, we have our own YouTube channel as well. Uh, excellent. And those are produced every uh, week? Is that correct? It's those are, well, it, we, we, <laughs> we have content going on there all the time. Uh, Leia, my producer, my beautiful daughter, uh, she keeps us full and loaded. <laughs> so we're, there's always something cool to check out. Uh, the, the whip cracker. Yeah, the, yeah, really, just like my daughter does. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Anything oh. else we want to throw in there? We got a, uh, just a few well, yeah, seconds got, left. I got, still got pages. Well, of I know. Stuff but here, but you, yeah, I know. You always overnote yourself. But, well, I love it though. <laughs> Research. That's All the, right. That's the Research. name of the beach. All yeah. right. Well, uh, that that'll do do it for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Leroy Garcia, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate Todd Roberts. Thank you so much for finding this man. Yes. Uh, what a pleasure. <laughs> it took a little while, and thank God Leroy yep. was patient and indulgent. Hey, good stuff, thank man. Thank you, Todd. Good thank stuff. Thank you, All right. Yep. 78, 79, 80 artists in Santa Fe. Alrighty then. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk at you next week. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.